Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. And at this time, I invite all the young and young at heart forward for a special message. Since God is with us everywhere, where do you see God this week? 
God does those things, right? See what let's ask him. Can you ask the birthday see God this week? you pray with me? Gracious God, our shield and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Be with us this day as we gather to worship, to give thanks to you and to share in Christian community. 
be with those around the world who gather in places like this to receive your gifts of word and sacrament. To share a kind word and the fellowship of people who have been claimed as your own children. Keep us safe in this time and be with those who mourn the death of their loved ones who were killed in New Zealand over the weekend as they gathered in their own places of worship. Be our shield. Protect us from all harm and deliver us by your mercy into the goodness of your grace. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Protection. God told Abram, I will be your shield. The psalmist praises God as a stronghold and as a a shelter, as one who will deliver us from our enemies and be with us in our loneliness. Paul encourages the Philippians to remember that their citizenship is from heaven and that, that, that the persecution and the ridicule and the hardships of life that they face in this world because of Jesus and because of the cross is not what God has in store for them or for us. I didn't plant that word this morning. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself, under the threat of death, looks out at the holy city of Jerusalem and laments that God's people have turned away from the protection that God offers them again and again. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that that kills the prophets and stones all who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather you and your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wing. And you were not willing. That's ultimately what we want, isn't it? We want a home. We want a, a place of safety and security for ourselves, for our family and for our neighbors. We want our place of worship here to be a safe place for all who would enter here and call upon the name of the Lord. We don't want to be constrained to this life of of worry, of, of anxiety, of stress and confusion. We want to be loved. We want to be protected. To be sheltered, to live without fear. To be reckoned as righteous before God. How many of you have sought refuge from the reality of death that threatens us? Cancerous disease, near misses, or the way that old age and accidents alike have crept in and taken from us those whom we love and hold dear, not to mention the ways that our own bodies have danced with death. How many of you have watched friends and loved ones fight? Fight for relief from depression or isolation. Or sought freedom from addiction and despair. And whatever your own battles and struggles for relief and for freedom. Not only do we want to be protected from, from the pains 
of this world. But, but we recognize throughout the whole of the biblical witness that that's what God wants for us. God wants us to be gathered beneath his wing. The thing is, more often than not, we look around the world and we ask ourselves, where is the proof that God's promise and God's intent for us is real? How can we touch it? How can we experience it? How do we know that the Lord is our refuge and our strength? Abram, the recipient of God's blessings, the one who was promised descendants and a land and an inheritance beyond all comprehension, had received so many promises from God. But here in our text today, looked up in frustration and in grief and said, well, God, where is it? You've promised me an heir. Where is he? I have this wealth. I have this land, but I have no one to pass it on to. Where's your promise, God? And the thing about us as Christians, when we look to the story of Abraham, we lift up how when God called him out of the land of Ur of the Chaldeans, he got up and he went without a word. He followed God obediently and faithfully. But throughout the whole of the the Jewish tradition, when they look at their father Abraham, what they point to as a mark of his character is this passage and his reaction to the God who made promises. He asked questions. He expressed doubt. He said, show me your promise, O God, because I followed you. I've been with you. I've done as you've asked, and I'm still waiting. Abram wanted to know that the promise of protection was real for him. And these doubts and these questions and these concerns are a part of our story and ultimately a mark of faithfulness because we recognize that God is the one who makes these promises and God is the one who can fulfill them. And so we ask almost daily, God, where are you? Where are your gifts that you've promised to me and to your people? But look at what God did. He didn't snap his fingers and say, all right, you and Sarah will conceive a son and you shall name him Isaac. That doesn't come for another chapter. What God does is he makes another promise and seals it with a covenant. The promise itself is the proof. And at the end of the day, that's all that we have. The promise of redemption into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the story of God fulfilling his promises to his people throughout the history of Israel and the life of the church. It was entrusting in that promise that Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. And there's a vulnerability that comes with that. 
a vulnerability that recognizes that we need a protector. We need someone to live up to what they're saying to us. A vulnerability that recognizes that we aren't able to get through life on our own. That we are weak and frail and fragile. And that the lie, the lie that the world tells us is destructive and has killed the prophets of old. Never let them see you cry. Wipe off the dust from your kneecaps and keep on going. Pull yourselves up and get on with it. We don't like the vulnerability that comes with accepting God's promises because it leaves us open, open to to criticism, to ridicule, to harm, putting that kind of trust in someone else. And so we bottle ourselves up and we push others away to protect ourselves, fearing what our neighbor might do to us. Not realizing that our solitude only works to destroy us from within. And that's not the way that Jesus walked throughout this world. Faced with the threat of death, he tells those who have warned him that Herod plans to kill him. That God has another plan for him and for his people. That the protection and the healing of the sick... The outcast, the poor. These are the things that are important to Jesus. This is the work that leads him onward toward Jerusalem. And ultimately would lead him to his death. He didn't expect the people that he was going to to be able to pull themselves up out of their circumstance on their own. He came to them. And he offered them the healing and the wholeness and the promise of the kingdom of God. As often as it feels like we're helpless to everything going on around the world, that that life is just more than we can bear. We want to be delivered From the unnecessary struggles of life. And we want to escape the the senselessness of it all. So that we can turn our attention toward things and towards people that really matter. In spite of all that we are and all that we aren't. God still desires to come to us. To gather us into himself. To protect us from stumbling around in the darkness To keep us close and safe and protected in his care. Like a mother hen gathering her brood to herself. And so as we gather here in this place, we recognize that God gathers us for a purpose. So that we can grow in faith together. So that our lives can be reoriented towards the goodness And the wholeness and the holiness of God's promises. That we don't have to worry day after day what it is that's going to come and afflict us. We know and trust that our protection really is 
and does come from God. God gathers us and protects us so that we then can teach and nurture and form and care for our loved ones. So that we can find true joy in this life and live for the sake of worshiping God and giving thanks for all that he's made. Every once in a while, someone will ask me after worship, well, pastor, where did you see God this week? That's what I witnessed in this place last Sunday. When another pastor came and shared about the ministry of food for the poor and the way that it touched your lives. What I saw was a people who recognized the need for protecting those who can't protect themselves. Caring for those who need a little bit of help to overcome the world that burdens them so. Together, you committed to building a house, a place of protection and healing and wholeness for those who have none. To touch a people who are in need of God's love and mercy. A people who need to be touched by the care of their neighbor. A people who are vulnerable at the hands of oppressive governments and natural disasters. And so by your witness, people will know the care and the compassion and the protection of God. And the promises of the kingdom that comes to all of us. By committing to build a house. What you've provided is a tangible, real vision of what these kingdom promises look like. That will touch the lives of not just the family who will inhabit it but their neighbors near and far. Our citizenship is not of this world of fear or burden or danger. It's of that promised kingdom. And so we recognize that even though these promises for for life eternal and life everlasting are assured for us, we also recognize that they're real for us today. May we all be so blessed as to turn to one another with the same hopeful expectation as the people who will inhabit our home to look to a neighbor in need and say, I can't do it. By God's grace, will you help me? Because we believe. We believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the eyes of our neighbor. And so we march with Jesus onward towards Jerusalem. Onward towards the people who need to know that God loves them. And cares for them. 
faithfully living our lives as a song. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.